Hello, my name is Ken, and I want to welcome you back to Deep Waters. This podcast is brought to you by Applied Strengths Ministry, where we believe working together in our strengths is the effect of working out the will and calling of God in our lives. The title of this message is, What's Love Got to Do With It? This is a multi-episode series in which this is episode one of three. Hey, the Corinthians are in the top yard. Let's see what they have to say. 1 Corinthians 3, 14, 1. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understanding all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. We are talking about feet to words, not just running our mouths with a common expression of, I love you, man, but this is as far as we take that. In verse 4, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in inequity, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Okay, but so now I've gone off the deep end for sure. Is this not one of those scriptures that we blow by during our prayer time, during our reading time, during life group, during our devotional time, our study time? If you say no, then you are a better person than I am. But I say this believing that you have also been made into his likeness, an image, sinning not against your neighbor, enemy, friend, wife, God, yourself, or anyone else not mentioned. But I'm saying that if we get this, if we got this, know what I really mean if we allow God to make us into a person that walks in this, why then he will. And then if he has, then you are indeed made in his likeness and image. Now what is puzzling to me is the hall of the alls bears, believes, hopes, and endures all things. Who do that? Well, let's go back before the beginning or manifestation of the beginning of this ministry. I'm sitting in Jubilee Church, a church originally from Paradise, temporarily relocated to Chico, and is now back in Paradise. And Pastor Steve decided he wanted to bring, of all things, a message I needed to hear. Imagine that. I really liked his preaching as it came with revelation and impact. The man is with God today, and I'm sure he's doing wonderfully wonderful. So, but now I have no escape from facing this love body of Scripture. Now I hear this quoted at wedding ceremonies, and but good on them if they have any understanding of what this body of Scripture entails and requires in a marriage. We know that at least 50% of them don't. Hey, I'm still married, and I don't totally. I didn't, but I want to. Anyway, Steve stated that the manifestation or obedience to the scripture is a sign of spiritual maturity. No, but I must redefine what he stated without losing the impact. This is a sign that you are hanging on the cross with Christ. It is not an expectation of perfection, although it is of the Father, and please allow him to bring that impossibility to life in your life. But this is an expectation that you have run well and not so well, so to speak, that you will end up in the scripture as you prepare to go home to be with the Lord. 
No, I'm not saying to wait until you are nearly dead before focusing on this body of Scripture for your life. I'm also not saying that we should stop using this body of Scripture at weddings and start using it at funerals. <laughs> Although we should take a thorough journey of what it says before the big day, that is the wedding day. At least there follow a worst possible day, that is the D-Day. As I reread this section of scripture, I cannot help but say, we are not perfect and stumble in many things. James 3, 2, for we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. But in truth, it would be an excuse for not submitting to God and asking for his help in the scripture set. Help? Verse 8, love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. Look, I'm just being honest here. But I'm not seeing much here right now, other than being drawn to ask the question, how is it that love never fails? I get that all of the cool things we ask for from God, when we are baby Christians wanting to supernaturally evolve, will go away. It kind of makes me wonder what we will be doing. Oh, how blind I am, not to see what a great and marvelous thing it is, that all of the things of this world, for this world, will finally be final and pass away. Is it not good that we will no longer need prophecies? No longer argue over the mysteries of tongues? Knowledge? What? Where did it go and how will I process stuff? To see fully and completely what a world of unimaginable imagination we head into when we finish our race here. Okay, back to earth. Verse 11. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. As though as a child. When I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am also known. Did I not say that this is for the mature? Maybe I should have added that this is more like a rope that allows you to leave one space and enter into another one, like Tarzan. Let's add some holiness to this example. Behold the ape man who makes no progress unless he lets go of the rope of his past. So like the ape man, we should put away our past immaturity and grab onto the future of maturity, which will require the manifestation of love in our lives in each of the categories mentioned in this message. Verse 13, And now abide, faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. So now we move from a journey quite rough if you are not already in it, and add two additional ingredients. Perhaps this is intended on keeping us from focusing so much on love that we don't forget we still need faith and hope. Can we do this love thing without these two brothers, faith and hope, to prop us up? Nope. And so it remains that we cannot actually do anything without some prop up from God. Will we need crutches our whole walk? Maybe. I guess it depends on how dead in the flesh we remain. Isn't it always in the flesh that we say we don't need no stinking badge? We don't need help? I am right. I got this. No quota quotes for you. Surely you depend on you sometimes. If not, then help and pray for the rest of us that we would line up with the scripture. Verse 14, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Galatians 5, 6, 
For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything, but faith working through love. So we see Mr. Galatian mixes love up with faith when he is writing to a different community of believers. So as you not be confused, Paul also wrote to the Corinthians. Yes, he is a writer to both the Galatians and the Corinthians. At least we know that he is consistent in his messaging. Again, love requires help for us. There is more. 1 John 4, 7, 8. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Okay, so we see a few things here, as well as a secret thing hidden in plain sight. Is it related to the message? No, but I'm a teacher teaching you to not only hear the message, but to find the Easter eggs hidden within the scriptures. Sometimes God's answer for you is found in the discovery of these Easter eggs. I want to reproduce treasure hunters who won't stop until they find every last nugget of gold. Proverbs 2, 1-12 through 12. I will address the Easter egg in a paragraph below this one, even though it addresses the same scripture as a few things I will be chatting about. Okay, so that love is of God, which means he does what he does in love. Everything he does is in love. We also see that if in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and 14, 1 is not alive and well in our lives, then we do not know God. Now I said I had a few things, so let me finish before throwing it in reverse for a minute. The last thing I see is that God is actually love. Now go ahead and try, just try, to wrap your mind around that. That is those three words. He is what he does, and he does what he is. Everything he does is tainted with love. Now read the Old Testament and believe that. So what he is saying to us is that we should be doing everything in love. This is how the world that lacks love will see him, by our actions and speech. They can be introduced to God. Okay, so that was a few things. So back we go to the knowing him statement made in 1 John 4, 7, 8. Is this important that we know God? Is it possible that we can know him? Is it necessary that we know him? I did a full message on knowing God titled Sex Knowing God, which is worth the listen and know it is probably not about what you could think based on the title. Get past the title and see the treasure in knowing him intimately. Well, that's it for today. Remember, it's not what you find wrong or disagree with regarding these messages, but what you can take away from it. Together, we can do more to impact the kingdom than if we work alone. Let's flip the script and kill, still, and destroy the works of the enemy and create space for the light of lights to shine through into people's lives. Plant a seed and click on the like and subscribe button. Let's build this ministry together. Thanks and see you next time in deep waters.